welcome back to another episode of your favorite family podcast, Raising the Revival Generation. And if you are listening to this and you like it, then show you love us by giving us a thumbs up, sharing with your friends, and what else do we do? Yeah, comment. Comment. There we go. Sure. Tell us something. Tell us something about yourself. Tell us where <laughs> you're listening from. Tell us who you are. We have a growing community that we we're do. adding people to every day. And actually, there's two things. There's the page, and then there's the group. Yeah. The group is is there so that you guys can be encouraged. If you have questions, you need prayer. Like uh, that's one thing. We're the body of Christ. We so are. even our friend up in Canada who happened to win a book, uh, they are part of our community. They're part of the body of Christ, and we can pray for that. Her, it's a her. Yeah, we right. can pray for her. <laughs> we can uh, we can just go to God on her behalf when she needs prayer. And if so, no matter where you are, feel free to be a part of the community. Feel free to share. Um, Comment something. I don't know. If you're blessed, share, share a testimony. Yeah, we Testimonies love are so important to the body of Christ because they spur each other on in our faith. That's why we share our story. Mm-hmm. It's not because we like to relive the past, but it's remembering God's faithfulness through the journey. Yeah. And then now we get to see the fruit of some of that in our life. Um, the journey's not over. But because we've seen God's hand in our life, it makes the rest of it easier. And you can find that uh, group on Facebook. Just search Raising the Revival Generation Fellowship, and it should pop right up. And we're pretty fast with letting people in. We just don't like scammers, uh, which we haven't had. We've been blessed. So, But we welcome you to that community, and we would encourage you to join it because it's a way to grow a little bit deeper, get to know us a little bit better, and be the first to know many different things. And in fact, this week we announced on in that group, and we have really yet to announce publicly, but we're doing it now, is we now have merch available. What? We have reached that level of, I don't know what it is that we do, media, that we now have our own merch. Um, so <laughs> you can head on over media. to Revival Generation Ministries. Make sure you add that ministries.com. Uh, and the merch is right there. We actually just, we released our first batch and actually we released a second batch of merch. And we're pretty excited. We're going to get those some of them uh, shot this week, and we'll, we'll have better pictures up, but we're excited. You can get a coffee cup, a hat, mm. a co- uh, I don't know what I was saying, a shirt, and there's clothes for the whole family. There's merch for the whole family because we are a whole family ministry, and uh, that's that's what we're all about. There you go. Yeah, so we're excited. Hopefully, we'll, you'll be seeing it soon. We're waiting for it to come in. Yeah, I actually, the minute that we, I'm such a fanboy of our own podcast, (laughs) the minute that the merch went up, I bought a shirt. That's true. That is true. Actually, you bought me a shirt. I did buy you a shirt. Yeah, we're we're pretty excited. And uh, if you have ideas for our Still waiting on my coffee mug, though. For our next merch, uh, next, you know, any quote that you've heard that you've, that we've said, whether, whoops, whether it be serious or funny, um, you know, comment it below and maybe you'll see it on a t-shirt. You've gone Italian <clears throat> today and you keep hitting the mic with your hands while you talk. I always talk with my hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, today's episode is sparked by a conversation that we had. Yeah. A friend of ours came up to us with a question. A friend of us who listens to this podcast and they will, and she will know who she is, she but will. she came up and she had a question and that, that provoked thought. And, uh, and so it started a conversation with her, and we thought we would add, bring that conversation to the whole group. Right. Um, and so she, she came to us after, after a youth service, a powerful youth service we had yeah. where we got to pray over the students. Um, it was an amazing time of God. Um, God moved, and she came up at the end. Uh, she's also volunteers with our youth ministry. She does. 
So she's really close. And she came up and she asked a question, a, a real authentic question, which I appreciate when they're real and authentic and they're just not, that's not, not trying to stump people. Because some people, when they get Bible verses in their head, yeah. they try to get into these arguments and debates and try to stump people. Well, if you, yeah. you have to do this, like that, but that, she I, just. I, I don't like trapped questions. No. I don't like questions where people try to like trap you in things and then like, like I, I want realness. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that's And that's part of, about. that's. So, like, if you ask questions, just so you know, if you're this person, because I've, I've probably been this person a few times, where you ask questions <laughs> and you already have the answer to your question in your head, right. and you're not listening to what the people are talking about, that's not a conversation. Right. That's an entrapment. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's all you... You're, exactly. You're, you're worse than a lawyer uh, or a politician. <laughs> yeah, and if you ask questions and you're just regurgitating the same things that you've heard over and over again, it's probably not actually your question. And if all you're doing is regurgitating quotes about things... Like, get your own opinions. Yeah. Hear from God for yourself. So, anyways, uh, so <laughs> she came up to us and she asked us this question, and it's based on Proverbs chapter twenty-two, where uh, where most of you have heard it this way, where it says, "Train a ch- train up a child in the way that they should go, or he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it." And uh, and essentially, the question that was asked was, "Do you believe that that works one hundred percent of the time?" Mm. Because there's people in this world. Who probably who are Christians, who have who have, I mean, they raise their kids in godly homes for the most part, and right. and um, and then their kids don't serve God, or they or they go wayward, and then they have to because you've heard that too, probably where people are like once they leave the nest they have to go wayward, and then they'll come back because they like the prodigal son type of thing, and is that the standard? Is that the norm that they have to go that way, right. or can you train a child in the way that they should go, and then they can a hundred percent of the time walk in that way, right? And so, what are your thoughts? Well, I think when she asked that, and I was kind of in and out of the conversation. Uh, I was chasing dogs and babies. Um, but I, it made me pause, right? Because when we're asked that question, I've never thought of it that way. I've never thought of like, oh, like, is this like a certainty that this is going to happen, right? Um, and so, it definitely made, like, initially, it definitely made me pause. Um, but for me... And I'm just speaking about me. I'm not even speaking about us. I'm just speaking for me. Um, I have a tendency to be quite black and white. And I have a tendency to be quite literal. So it either this is what God's word says or it doesn't say it at all. Like that, you know, that aspect. So for me, uh, initially in our conversation, I, I took it as like, yeah, I, I do believe it. Because if that's what God's word says and that's how he says it, then like I think if it didn't work you know, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not like a formula that you put in, but if it wasn't true, then he would add a caveat, right? He'd be like, train up a child in the way that he should go and, he'll, you know, he'll, it'll never, he'll never depart. Be like, but like, sometimes that doesn't work, you know, right? Like, I, I think that God would, would add that because like, I don't know, I just, for me, I take God's <laughs> word, I take God's word for what he says. And if that's what he says, then that's what it is. And then that's, I don't know, but I'm, I'm like almost like literal like that. Like my personality is like, well, God's word says it. So that's what it is. Uh, and I think it, I think it's important. Like, uh, so we, we've already, we've always looked at it as train a child in the way that they should go train a child. And what, how do you train something? We think of like, sure. Like military. I don't know. There are different things where you train, you train to hit a ball, you, you teach them different fundamentals. And it's definitely for been presented. Things. I mean, I know for us and growing up in the eighties and the nineties and, and not, well, not my family. I don't know about your family. Um, but definitely families that you've seen, especially as you go into that fundamentalist like movement, you see that like military esque training. You know, we're training, we're habit training, we're doing all of these things, and 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 I'm not exactly sure that that's 
not it's not behavior modification, which is just something that we say consistently yeah. on this podcast, that it's not behavior the, – the word of God is not meant for behavior modification. No, because, because – yeah, it's not behavior modification. We're, 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 we believe that parenting is a calling and it's, it's yeah, shepherding. Sure. It's a shepherd. Exactly. And so how? So I asked you this question before we even started the podcast. I said, how often are the, are the, is the shepherd with the sheep? Right. So if it, when, you, when you're looking at parenting and you're looking at, um, at shepherding a child, how often is the, is, the, is the shepherd with the sheep? And what is the shepherd's job over the sheep? Yeah. Right. We know that he protects, he provides, and he does all those things. And there's and so the fundamental thing at the base level is that oftentimes when we think of Christian homes, we think of families that go to church. Right. But but if you're going to train a child in the way he goes, I actually like the way that the the. So I tried to look up the word train. Yeah. And it says see, and there's not much of a definition of it. But what it but the what the gist of what it's saying there is is to start a child out or start a youth out mm. on the direction of which they should go. That means that you walk with them. There's a, there's a coming alongside of a parent to a child to say, this is the way we follow Jesus right. Christ. This is the way. And so when we talk about that with like family devos and getting your kids to know the spirit, that's, that's in essence what this verse is saying. It's saying, take them on the journey of the road that's in the right direction with you. And then when they get older, so that's a relational aspect. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a drill sergeant to a, to a, to a, a private Right. It's a it's a shepherd to a sheep saying, Follow me on the on the path of righteousness. Right. And you know what I think is interesting in Jewish tradition, uh, they taught the law, the the Torah very, very young to their children. Their children knew they were equipped. It was something consistently. You know, in in our society, you know, it's reading, writing, math, right? Those are the highest prior priorities in education. But in the Jewish society, it wasn't that. And it was a part of it. You learned to write, you learned those things. <laughs> As a part of your education with the Torah, but but God's word was the highest education. That was that was the biggest part, which is why when they hit 13, 14 years old, you know, then they become like a, you know a man. And 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 what I think is interesting about that too, that kind of just popped in my mind, is that you know 13, 14 years old, that's that's adulthood, the beginning of adulthood for them. There was no expectation of rebellious teenagers. Well, also, too, when you say that, right, and we're talking about, it, like, I'll read the CSB one more time because I like the way it says, yeah. start a youth out on his way. Right. So are like, launching. So, so when, when the parent, when a kid became a certain age, what did they do? They went with the, the parents. Yes. So it wasn't like you sent them off to McDonald's to get their first job or you sent them to, mm-hmm. well, around here we have market baskets. Well, but, but you actually took them in the process along with you, but... And that's just on the work aspect. Sure. But on the on the spiritual side, like you said, you've already started to instill in them the law. You already started to, to still instill in them, "Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one." Yes. And you will love the Lord your God. And so you're already starting to to give them these these gospel seeds into their life. Right. That that they're taking with them. And so when they're like David, who's sitting in the field as a shepherd, he's worshiping God. Right. He's spending time with God. David, a 13 year old boy, and that's what you're doing. With with your kids, um, but the reason why I chuckled was because I you said that in school like the important things are math, English, and all this other stuff, and then Hebrew time. But then I, I I saw a post online that someone said that they're actually teaching a class on Taylor Swift songs in college, right? And then he was like, "Don't waste your money." Yeah, <laughs> but you know I'm reminded of Deuteronomy 
look, I said that right, chapter 11, uh, where it talks about where, you know, in God's word is very specific. You tell your children, you write it down, you write it on your arms, you write it on your head, and, and you specifically tell your children of what God has done. And and even the word goes on to say that your children weren't there, you know, when you were in the wilderness. They weren't there. So tell you have stories. to tell them. It's your job to tell them so that they will know, so that they'll, they, they can draw on that remembrance, so that field is already plowed for them, so they, they don't have to ex- yeah. go through it all. They don't have to start from the beginning, which is consistently what Israel had to do. Yeah. Um, but but thank God. Yeah, again. right. Praise God, we're under a new covenant that we don't have to. We don't have to keep plowing. We we can launch our kids from where we're at. Well, I was just thinking that psalm that we say a lot, like one generation, yes. will praise His works, yes, to the next, right. And so it, it, that's a big process in it. It's and and so like uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about is that is that what's the what's the level of shepherding that we're doing as parents, right? That that's a big part of it. So so there's different levels of it. I mean, for instance, with with the ministry that we do through the church, right? We have students whose parents don't shepherd them at all. Right. They're street kids. They just right. come in. They yeah. eat their tacos. They go home. Well, we we have church they kids the, that aren't shepherded at all either. Well, that was the next step. Oh, I was gonna say there's Sorry. levels. There's there's no shepherding, <laughs> and then ahead. there's there, there then there's the shepherding of like you take them to church. Yeah. And then you allow the parents uh, the the the. Sunday school teacher, the pastors yes. uh, who run Activate Kids at our church, they they instill in them the things, and then you go home and you just kind of live your life. But what what I was thinking um, when I was reading this, because the next verse I was going to bring up was in Ephesians six four, mm-hmm. where it says, "Fathers, don't provoke your kids to anger, yeah, or don't oh, don't be overbearing, don't cr- don't crush their spirit because right. they can't live up right to the things." And and uh, and in that conversation that we were having with our friend, when she asked that, she she commented on that too she says well what does that look like and it's like the hardest thing as a parent is trying to be be like god to your children yeah because god didn't crush us right god wasn't overbearing in fact the opposite christ's call is come to me with all your burdens and your heaviness and i will give you peace yeah. so as parents if we're going to reflect that to our kids as shepherds as as loving them uh yeah. then and then we need to be the ones who don't crush them right even in the hard thing that's the crazy thing it's like when when jesus is it's hitting me right now. When Jesus is with the woman at the well, right? He didn't crush her. Right. In fact, he said, "If you knew what I had for you, you'd ask me, yeah, and right. I would give it to you." That's right. That's just an amazing statement to someone at an inopportune time in their life who's broken and who's hurt. Yeah. But how much more, as family, as loving parents, do we do that to our kids? Right. And right. and just that that imagery there. So, so it says, parents, don't exasperate you. Don't don't overbear them. Don't don't quench what God is trying to do in their yeah. life because they can't live up to your standard. Right. Because you could never live up to God's standard. And what did God do when you couldn't live up to His standard? He loved you. Right. And He displayed His love. And I remember that, actually for all the things I say about my family, this story just came to mind. I remember one time I got caught doing uh, in a sin with my parents, uh, they, and uh, and I, I felt bad and I felt ashamed. And uh, and what my parents did in that moment, and is is rather than like crush me, and and like they actually gave me a Bible that mm. I wanted that I had been asking for. Mm. And uh, how much more did that speak to me and my spirit yeah. than if they would have just came at me with a heavy hand? Right. And that that's the heart of God. Right. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. And uh, and it's understanding that. So I don't know that I'm just blabbing now but but just that thought that imagery that when we couldn't live up to god's standard the good father displayed his love right and i think some like good things to like recognize and point out is like um 
sometimes as parents, we look at our children's behaviors or things that we do, and if it doesn't align with what we think that they should be doing, we count it as sin, right? So um, if, uh, you know, and that, a lot of that is layered. It comes back to, you know, like the immediate obedience and, 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 the, and the things of that nature, but also recognizing that, like, that we are not God. We're not God. And so our children don't, they, they, there's, there's a separation there, right? They only sin against God, right? And so we have to, like, recognize that. So, so a child's, you know, um, mess that they forgot to pick up is not necessarily sin, right? And so sometimes we, we can come heavy-handed in that. Sometimes we can, you know, we can have an expectation of, of perfection, and in that we end up missing we end up missing it as parents. We end up missing it. We miss those those opportunities. And I know. I mean, we had a situation a couple months ago with our with our laptop, and uh, you know, sitting right in front we, of we we which is right here. Yeah, uh, we you know we use a laptop for at that point for multiple things. You're in your masters. You know, we just for multiple things. There's multiple things on that laptop that like you know are in need, and um, and we were out. And we got a text message from our oldest daughter, or she called us, and she said, I just want to let you know that there's something wrong with the laptop. I don't know what happened, but, like, I just wanted to prepare you guys before you come home. And so, like, you know, of course, immediately in the car, we're, we're upset. We're angry. We're like, are you kidding me? Like, what, how did this happen? Like, you know, and actually, we had a student with us, which, so we had to, like, really work through being upset over this object that we knew that we're not going to be able to immediately replace or get fixed or like whatever. We didn't know how bad it was. We didn't know if we lost all of our data or anything like that. And, but we had this student with us and we, so we had to, you know, really just like process it well. We were, you know, there was a demand of it. And in the car coming home, you know, we essentially decided together that when we came home, you know, how we were going to handle it. And it was great that we had that opportunity that it wasn't a surprise for us. And we just said, we're not going to come in with accusations and we're not going to come in heavy handed because we, we felt like whoever it was, you know, was, there was going to be enough, enough turmoil. Right. And so we just decided that we were, you know, together that we were going to handle it with grace. And we did. Did we ever find out who did it? No. Um, but that's, it just is what it is. (laughs) And we're still at a laptop. And we're still at a laptop, but that's okay. Um, but, but in that moment and particularly with one child, we could have come in because we had an idea we knew who had been on it the most. We knew who had had it last. So we, we could have come in and completely crushed that child and that particular child gets crushed easily. And so we had to come together and just be like, we're going to be, we're going to be gentle. We're going to, you know, we can, you can express that you're upset, you're disappointed or the reasons without crushing your kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's easy to get the heavy hand of the law. It is. Because the the second part is right. It says that was the promise. It was like to the, to the the children, obey your parents or honor your father, mother, which is the first commandment with a promise Mm -hmm. so that it may go well with you in the land. And have a long life. And it says, fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. Right. But bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Right. And so many times I think when we, we read that verse so that it may go well with you, that we assume that if, if, they, if they don't listen or we're frustrated with them, then it's our job to make it not go well for them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's a subconscious thought, I think. Right. I don't think we would actually say that. But, but one, thing I'll, one thing that stuck out to me, too, um, is is that 
that that part of parents and children's relationship is in is also in Ephesians right underneath the husband and wife relationship. Yep. yep. And if you can't get your marriage right, it's going to be really hard to get your kids That's right. That's right. Um, the first thing sure. that you're entrusted with is the one who becomes one flesh with you. Yeah, that's right. And so if you can't get that right, it's really hard to minister to those outside of that. Yeah. And which is another thing, too. If you're, if you're going into I – I tell somebody this, too. Church, the schools need to do a better job of training people how to minister to their families before they send them out to minister to churches. Yeah, that's right. We always – we the, the process through which – People, churches want to find a pastor is based on education. Yes. But the b- process in the Bible is based on family. That's right. A husband of one wife, and he has to be able to manage his kids well. Yes. Because if, it's, if he can't do that, he has no right managing the household of That's the right. Lord. But, but I think sometimes like when people, and what I've seen, you know, I'm in a lot of pastor's wives groups. And, you know, and I, I hate to say this, but there is no sadder group on Facebook than a pastor's wives group. There is more, no more depressed groups <laughs> than that. I mean, it is horrific. There is like no joy. It's so sad. There's so much trauma. There's so much brokenness. I mean, it's, it's literally like uh, eye opening. It's unbelievable. But oftentimes what you see is that like, again, you think the managing of the household is soldier-esque children, children who are marching in line and, and that's their managing. For us, you know, we look at, you know, okay, do your children love Jesus? And, and you might have a child who bounces off the walls, we have children who bounce off the walls. We we have a, a kid who, uh, you know, will spin and talk to us. And and very much so, I was one of those kids, you know, like, and, and I, I don't know about you, but like, you know, we have kids with energy, energy, but that doesn't mean that, that they're not well managed, you know, like we, ha- we had to, we had to almost like have new definitions for a lot of things when it comes to parenting in scripture, kind of because of the, the not great teachings that have come out the past well, because 60 I, years. I think it's because we, we, so I just, I just quoted Timothy, right? Where it says sure. that if, if someone's going to be an elder in the church, he has to be able to be able to have be a husband of one wife and yeah. manages and has to be a, a man of good reputation. Yes. Um, and not too young in the faith. Yeah. But, but with those is, is that we, and this is something that they're at the river when I, when I went that day by myself, right. that really stuck out to me is that you don't segregate out God into areas of your life. So I minister at the church. So therefore, that's where God anoints me to, yeah. be, to do the work. But you actually, it doesn't segregate, segregate out. That the gifts that you have from the spirit are for the building of the body and your family is a part of the body. Sure. Yeah. So within the family structure, you should be operating in the same ministry that you're doing to those outside yeah. of the church. So, yeah. or those in the church right. that you, you have to see it as a, as the complete picture yeah. that before you're anything. And, and I preached on this on Colossians before I'm anything, before I'm a U.S. citizen, before I'm the daughter of Deborah Clee, a daughter, daughter. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what just happened there? Before I'm the, <laughs> before I'm the son of Deborah Cleves. See what happens when you watch too much news that gets you all confused. <laughs> you got to renew your mind in the truth. Uh, before I'm any of those things, before before I'm even a pastor, yeah, uh, I'm a child of God. That's right. And so that's my position. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. And everything else comes out of that identity. Right. That I'm a child of God, and therefore, because I'm a child of God, I'm a citizen of heaven, and, I, and I'm a citizen of heaven who lives in the USA, who lives in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. who is a pastor called by God You're because I'm a child a of God. You're giving away a lot of personal information right now. I didn't go to the address. Your mother's name, your <clears throat> state. Yeah. So, but... But it, that, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to convict those people who are trying to hack my my life. 
and take all the goodness but, out of it. Wait, can, I, will can I can I add something? When you talk about the verse and be of good reputation, um, I, I think one of the things that that has to be recognized, but your reputation in your home also matters, right? If if you have a good reputation in the community, and at home. Your children have a complete, or your spouse has a completely different view of that reputation. That that ju that just cancels everything out, right? Or, or even with your kids, if you're a hypocrite, wait, and <laughs> and I and I think for for you, for for your childhood, that that was something similar, right? Yeah. You know, when when I'm in public and I hear stories of of your dad, it's like, oh, he was this great man, and he was this elder in the church, and this deacon, and he was gonna be, and he helped me so much. And then I hear the stories from you and your siblings, and it's horrific. And so like. You know that he, he didn't have a good reputation in his home, and that's where it needs to start. Your reputation needs to start in the privacy of your home, of who you are when no one's looking. Yeah, and I and I always refer back to like when I'm preaching mm -hmm. for the and and the the loudest section saying amen is my kids. Because <laughs> you imagine if they would have said if they're sitting there and I say something, they go, "You lie." <laughs> You don't know what he's like at home. Right. Or if they're, you know. <laughs> he's a jerk. <laughs> slouching in the back with their, like, you know, AirPods a, in. Yeah. Not that our kids have AirPods because we're cheap. But, like, you know, they're slouching or, they, or they're not in the room or they're getting up and down and, you know, those things like that. So imagine. But that's not that's not the case. And it, and the, the thing is, is is that it can be better, too. Yeah. So, like, the, so I haven't reached the point. I, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm trying. Because I'm a lot different than I was five years ago. Sure, we all are. Um, but the, it, it's it's continuing to steward that relationship. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I mean, it and some like I remember growing up in a family like when my dad he he was heavy handed. Mm -hmm. He was and very verbally uh, uh, abusive, I guess, like mm -hmm. very cutting down, and and he would he would quench any kind of any kind of hope in your life <laughs> if you got in trouble. But. Uh, but what he would do in return when he knew that he was wrong, rather than just apologizing and trying to work on it, he would just like say, "Here, here's twenty bucks. Go to the movies." Yeah, and that's that's detrimental, right? Because that's he that's acknowledging that you did something wrong, but it's not trying to fix it and trying to change the process, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's understanding like like your spiritual that's calling love bombing. Well, yeah, but yeah, but it's also understanding that your spiritual calling is your family. That's right. Like and and, I, and like I said, going to going to the to Bible college and going after my masters and almost being done with that is that's the one thing they never hit on. Yeah, it's like minister to your family well because everything flows out of that. Right, that's right. Everything flows out of that. I could I couldn't imagine being a pastor and then having my kid on the other side saying, "Dude, the guy's a liar. He doesn't treat us like he treats you. He right. doesn't. He 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 he's doing all these things wrong." It's like work on the who the I. I was talking to someone yesterday about um, a pastor who's, who we admire as being a very upstanding guy. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a book based on who you are when no one's looking. That's right. Because that's, that's really where it matters. That's yeah. the essence of who you are. You can put on a mask. You can put on a play. You can make a grand production for, one, for a couple hours on a Sunday right. mm -hmm. or a half hour at a Bible study. You can do all those things. But, it, but God looks at you. Not just in those moments, that's but right. he sees you when you're with your family. And we've and 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 that's not to say that we've done everything perfect. And that's been a, a main vein of this podcast of where this was. No, like out I of, said, we, five years have changed us. Not doing it perfect and doing it very poorly and having times, uh, you know, where our kids would have been like, yeah, right, you know, like that kind of thing, you know. And so, uh, so I guess let that be an encouragement if you're thinking about like 
What's your reputation with your children? And your reputation is angry, uh, flying off the handle fast, um, never apologizing, any, any not being present, just being just not present, you know, whether that's physically or emotionally, not, not uh, training and raising your children up well in the word. But there is hope, right? You have hope. You can t turn things around. It's not over till it's over. It's not over until we take our last breath that God can redeem any situation, even the ones that seem hopeless and broken and like there's never going to be life spoken into that because we're we're a testimony of that you yeah. know and, and 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 if the word says you know tell the stories of what god's done of when you've been in the wilderness and you've been taken out that's legitimately what this podcast is this is us sharing where we have been where the wilderness we have been in the desert we have wandered right and then the promised land that god has brought us into well yeah because like if you're if you're not being fed Mm -hmm. um, and you can feed yourself spiritually, right? I understand that. But if you're a part of a community that's not feeding you yep. or that's not life-giving or that's not filled with the Spirit or doesn't have joy, right? because like, the Bible literally says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Like That's, that's a statement it makes. Uh, that then, then you really need to assess where you're at in this journey. Right. We came from a place that of no, no spirit, that's right. no... No, no water. We were in a dry and weary mm -hmm. land, and there was no joy, and there was a lot of despair, and there was a lot of self. Yes, we just have to push through this. We just have to persevere. Right. We just have to glorify God in our suffering. When the whole time the Lord says, "I am your strength." Right. That's right. He, sa he says, "I lead you by the paths uh, uh, on the paths of righteousness for My name's sake." Yeah. That surely goodness and mercy are going to follow you. Those are the promises of God that we forsake because of the position we were in right. and the teaching we were under. Right. And so because of that, it affected, it didn't just affect, it affected marriage, it affected family, it affected ministry. Right. And our own thoughts of ourselves. Right. Right. It affected every, right. every area of our life because that's the, that's the position we were in. But God, but by the grace of God and by the love of Christ, Jesus, and by the voice of the Holy Spirit, he called us out of the desert. Amen. And plopped us right into the middle of a, of a fertile, uh, promised land right. where we are experiencing the abundantly the abundant blessings physically spiritually yes. emotionally and just in our family as a whole we're financially we're a, financially we're a stronger that's i just assume that was physical sure. we're a stronger family unit because we're we're closer to god yeah and because because we worked on our marriage too oh, yeah. we we made points of of saying we want this right we want to start doing this in our family i remember saying and it was awkward at first i said we need to read the bible as a family and yes. he said okay and then we tried it and it was like a disaster it was terrible a disaster I was like, oh man that was so bad but yeah. we but but we persevered right we persevered and now it's so much better and the spirit is moving so much more in our times Amen. of prayer um that that it it's it's you, you you the spirit calls you right yeah. abraham was called and then he went so faith faith in god takes obedience because right. you hear the voice. Right. Right. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. And then the, the obedience and the faith is the follow, the action. I follow him. Right. It might not go right the first. And it might not look like it, I want it to the first day. Yeah. But it, each day it gets better and better because we go from glory 
to, to glory. glory, but you got to start right. somewhere. And you know, now we have kids that hold us accountable with reading God's word. So we, we just the other day we had, I mean, I don't know how many times Adeline was like, are we going to do family devos? Are we doing family devos? When are family devos? And we we're like, all right, all right. It's like five o'clock in the afternoon. They really we'll we'll the do family devos. Right. Um, and, and I just think that that that's, in, that's incredible. But you know, we shared this on the page this week or maybe in the group, I can't remember. And it's uh, Dr. Debbie Rich. And she said, you can only give out what you have caught. Right. And then she, she stated revival cannot be taught. It must be caught. You have to catch it to give it out. And we think of that in, in just a couple episodes of, of living life in, in the overflow, right? You cannot give out, you cannot impart to your children what you don't have personally, what you don't have in your marriage, right? You, you just, it's just impossible. You, you can't do it. And so if you're, if you're miserable, that's, you're going to give out misery. It's like going to a marriage counselor who's not married or never has been. No, oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I know someone who does that. <laughs> That's a red flag. Or going to a marriage counselor who's been divorced 10 times. Or going to somebody. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Yeah, or going going to somebody for parenting advice, especially biblical, and their children are not serving the Lord. Don't do it. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> so, you know, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> we got, we got, we got. Sorry, we got distracted, but we kind of probably <laughs> need to circle back. To that statement of, uh, of 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 uh, train a child in the way he should go, yes. and then when he's older, he won't depart. Yeah. Or as as the CSB said, and I'll read it one more time for you so you can hear it, because I really like the way this says, especially when you look at the wording of what it what it looks like to train. Um, and it it says this. It says uh, once again, it says start a youth out on his way. Start a youth out on his mm. way. It's I I just picture it like a journey, right? right? And you you take them. That first, I don't know, that first part of that journey where you're like, we're going to walk this together and then I'm going to set you off like, like a bird that, that, that sets the baby right. out of the nest and then you're going to take off and you're going to do it yourself and you're going to succeed because I journeyed with you this far. Right. Uh, because one day you're going to be a man and you're going to know what, you're going to know God and you're going to be a man of God because I walked with you when you were younger right. to show you what a man right. is or uh, like a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and actually that's biblical too because in Titus it says yes. older men. Train the younger yes, men. That's right. Older women. Train the younger women. And that's a, that's a, there's a lack of that in yeah. church today. Especially, you know, you, you find, so like here where we are in New England, you find churches, you step in and everybody is old. Yep. You've got like <laughs> 10 old people left and they don't know how to get children into church, right? That, that, that's kind of what it is. And then I think um, when we hear of churches in the South, um, like I, I know of one in particular in, in a big city in the, in the South and you go in and there is no one over the age of 40. And so like both are not healthy, right? You, you, you need both. You need, you need age and longevity and wisdom that is valuable and you should hold it valuable and you should seek it. Right. And on the other end, you need youth and you need the vibrance, and, and you need the growth, and, and the children, it. and not to quench it, right? It has to be, it can't be one or the other, it has to be both. If you're young, and you're prideful, and saying, well, you know, we don't want the old people, they're going to slow us down, you know, we want to be cool, we want to have, like, whatever, that's wrong, and that that's a way that you're going to have a very um, unstable ministry. And, and if you, and if you're honoring those who have the longevity, like, yeah. that's one thing that I've noticed, too, um, when we when we've come under Dr. Rodney yes. is the honoring yes. of people who have served the Lord, That's even right. if he doesn't even agree with them. That's 100%. right. That's right. 
Because faith worketh by love, and he's not going to quench, he's not going to stop loving people so that, so that, because that's the source, right? Then faith, was, right. then his, but, uh, but he, but the honoring of people who have gone before you. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like going to college and then you get like one Bible class and then all of a sudden you think you know everything. Yes. And you think you know you can change the world. You can do all these things because you have the gift and the calling and the talent, but you don't honor the person in front of you. You want to know who you become? You become Absalom. Right. David was the king, and Absalom wanted that position. He could have had it rightfully because he would have been the next in line. Instead, he, he, he usurped the power because he knew what was right. Right. And it ended up costing him his life. Or when you step on others to get into ministry positions, which is something you know that we've seen, that it doesn't matter who's above you, that there's no honor there. You're just going to step on them or shove them out of the way to get what you feel is rightfully yours. But that's not biblical, and that's not what God calls us to do. There's There's... There's grace and there's blessing when we honor those people. And, when and we I, honor those people that God's put in those positions. And as you said, look at David. He's the ultimate example of that. He honored Saul. He, right. called, he, he actually, he, David had, was anointed as king and he said, I will not harm the man of God, mm -hmm. speaking of Saul. And he waited. Mm -hmm. He patiently waited for his turn to get the throne that God had promised That's him. Right. And Absalom wouldn't wait. Right. Well, and, and, I was, and, Dave, and so if you're older too, don't go chucking spears at people who are no. younger who have the calling of God right. on their that, life. That's, that's, you that's the opposite it. attack. You, you steward the fire. You, you fan the flame. That's right. If someone's a new believer and they're on fire, don't say, well, wait until you got... No, shut up. Don't right. be the voice of the enemy. Encourage them. Continue to preach the gospel. Right. Continue to have faith to see healings. Don't don't quench it because you had a miserable life. Right. And what, like, we see that so much like... It says spur each other on. And, and our daughter Lexi and, and her boyfriend Josh as they're you know, looking towards the future and you know, ministry and marriage. You know, people will be like, well, just wait. This is terrible. Just wait until you're in ministry and this happens. Just wait until you have kids. Just wait until you're married. Just wait until, like, whatever. And and I, and I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, like wait, you're, you're just going to, like, blow out that fire right there. And then, it, you know, you're going to have people caught in this whatever for a long time. But, but, but God can do anything, and actually he can bless those things. Well, and your experience isn't their experience. Their experience is uniquely their own. Well, I was just thinking that too. Like if, if we're cursing those who are in the body of Christ, we're <laughs> right. not even fulfilling what Jesus said to do to our enemies. He right. said, bless right. those who persecute you. Right. We're supposed to be walking around blessing everybody, right. especially those we love. Right. <laughs> like, So don't go around cursing uh, or, or cutting down what God's doing. If you're older, fan the flame. Yeah. Be the be the person who's saying God is faithful. My life has shown that God is faithful because I'm still breathing. Right. And I'm going to pour my life out into the next generation because there's going to be a man or a woman who's going to be raised up who might be the next David Wilkerson that I can impact. That's right. Or the next, who knows, whoever it is that you think in your head is the is a good preacher right. or a man of God that got used for a generation. But and and you younger generation. Like, respect those who are in authority. That's right, yeah. That's a balance. hard thing. We live in a world that has no respect for anything. Right. And and each generation thinks that it, it knows more. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's more enlightened than the generation yes. that was previous. Yes. And then now look at the world. Yep. Look how chaotic the world is. Look how broken in the world is because we don't build off of the next generation. We cut it, the next generation down and we say, we know better, so right. we're going to do it our way. Right. And we can't even tell you what a woman is. Every podcast. I feel like about. I have to. It's so current <laughs> event. But but when when we go back to that verse of uh, back to that verse again for like the fifth time to to set it to start a child or start a youth in the direction they should go. Um, I I think of I think of the of, of shepherding. Mm -hmm. Right, the sheep follow the shepherd. Right, the shepherd leads them on the paths 
that they're going to go down. He leads them on the good paths. He leads them to, to, to the path. I think of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Right. And he leads me and he guides me on the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He goes, and then it goes on to say this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For why you are with me, mm. and your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's right. And he goes, uh, he says, uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy, and my cup runneth over. Right. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Right. And, and David's first statement is the reason why he can make all the other statements. Yeah. Is because he has a shepherd who's leading, guiding, protecting him. That's right. He's not lacking because he knows that, that the shepherd loves him. If our kids don't know that we love them, then they can't say those things about us. My dad loves me, so I know I'm not going to lack. Right. My dad loves me, so I don't, I don't, I don't have to fear evil because he's going to protect me. That's right. He's going to provide me. And he's going to do all the things that God has called him to do as a godly man. And then those things that we do in that get instilled into our kids, not because we tell them, right. because they see it. Because we started them out on the journey with us, and they saw it. The reason why they know how to love their, their wives in the future is because they saw us love our wives right. well. Well, and, and I think the other thing is, is that like when you think of the shepherd and, and our children, right, is that they don't look at us as the ones to fear that are going to be the ones to harm them. And I think that that's where this passage for many years has been misunderstood. And there's a, there's a lot of inaccuracies that have been taught around it. And we won't get into that. Uh, but it's important, you know, the, the shepherd is the protector. It's the goodness and the mercies that come from them. The shepherd isn't the one who's instilling the fear, instilling the trauma, instilling all the things that need to be rebuilt, right? And so, you know, uh, what, what, one of the terms that is, you know, thrown around in, in, for a long time in, in motherhood is that, you know, we're trying to have children, we're trying to raise up children who don't have to recover from their, from their childhood. Yeah. And, and, and that, the, that recovery is, you're not talking usually about even things of the world. You're talking about the parents and the parents' treatment of their children. Well, I, I was just thinking like when you, we, we got to go to a lot of baseball games this year because yeah. we had two kids playing in baseball and you think about the coach, mm-hmm. right? The coach, well, sometimes the coach, I was thinking they tend to be harder on their kids because the kids don't respond to them well. Right. Uh, just from one of the teams that our kids was on. Yeah. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Come right. on. He's just like, mm-hmm. anyways. But but when the when the coach is over there, and the and so like for the little guys, like I, when when Asher would get out, the coach wasn't like wasn't like, why did you do that? Why did you swing right. at a ball that was way over your head? Why? Yeah. He said, good job, good job. Way to keep it. You're gonna do it next time. You're gonna right. you're gonna get it next time. I believe that you're gonna get it next yes. time. It's like the coach became his biggest fan, right? And right. he cheered him on so that he could run the race well, the, right. the, the to to do the job at hand. And then Asher actually, what we found out is, well, we knew this is Asher responds very well to praise. Oh yeah. So when he does something very right, well, yeah. <laughs> and but when he does something well, and you say, "Good job, Asher. I'm proud of you," it goes a long way than saying, "Asher, why did you do that?" <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but um, but like. And, and understanding that, like, that, but I just think, like, when God says that he rejoices over us. Right. That we're his children. That I think, I think sometimes we, because of where we live and how we grow up and the influences that have taken place over the last hundred years in the U.S., especially when it comes to family and stuff like that, is that we've adopted that as the model. Right. Even the American dream idea. Yeah. That, that that's become the standard of living versus the Bible. And and that 
becomes a huge mind. issue. Aziara's out there. You want to go get her? And that becomes a huge issue when it comes to parenting. We we look at we look at uh, TV dads, and they become the standard of what it is to be a good parent. Oh, no one's there. It's a miracle. It's okay. Uh, so they become the standard of what it means to be a good parent. Is we look at Danny Tanner or like, you know, or Uncle uh, who's the guy from Fresh Prince? Phil. Uncle Phil. Yeah, and those become the standard of of. Well, I'm just talking about from the 80s and the 90s now. Nowadays, I think the parents are all just idiots. They're dead. They don't know or how they're they, Yeah, they're dead. They're dumb they or dead. They don't understand. Um, but that that became the the replacement when really the standard of what good parenting is right is always going to be God our Father. That's right. So when we look to just as like we we try to mimic Jesus or we, we we follow Jesus and we do the things of Christ, the closer we get to Christ, as parents, the standard of of our parenting is God Almighty. That's right. He Amen. he actually what's funny about this, and I just did a wedding, is that the very first thing God ordained that was marriage. That's right. Before there was a church, before there was a nation of Israel, God had a marriage. Yeah. And he said, the husband and wife will become one flesh. I, that's the first thing, institute, that God ordained right. and blessed. Right. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. That's right. And so, uh, but, you have something you want to say? Well, yeah, I was going to say there, there, there's practical steps in training up our children, right? There's practical things that we, can, that we can do, that we can implement. And, you know, the first thing that we always go to, well, there's a couple things. And we, and we try, like someone said recently, they were listening to our podcast and, and, and they hear they hear us try, uh, but you know the the first thing is 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 how much time do your kids spend with you? Yes. Right. How much time? Right. And, and that in regards goes to where where are they going all day? Are they well, going to a classroom all day? Who's investing into them in that classroom for eight hours a day? Who? And and as you said on the very first podcast, this is not a homeschooling podcast. However, who is teaching your children matters, and they're given to you and to no one else. Yeah, and, and, you, and you can go online. You can see all the parents who stand up at school board meetings and say, what the heck are you doing to that, my kid? That's right. And, and, and as a parent, God has equipped you. He has called you. You are the one who's supposed to steward yeah. your child. You, right? And so you're equipped to invest into your children. And, and I would even go as far because I am that person. You're actually equipped to educate your, your child. And if you need help with that, you can send us a message, and we will help you with that. Um, but that, 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 that's the side note that I'll add in there. But the, the second thing would be, uh, what are your children consuming? Yeah. What are they consuming for media? How much access do they have? Who has access to them? Does the media have access to your children? So, so with that, because I said this at the beginning of the show, yeah. and, and I wanted to get back to this, and I'm glad you brought this up, was how much time does the shepherd spend with the sheep? That's right. That's right. How much time does the shepherd stay with the sheep? Right. And, and, and. When Jesus is going around and says, I'm the gate, mm-hmm. meaning I'm the one that they have to go through to get to the pen. Right. So right. the sheep enter the gate through me, but I'm also the one that keeps everything else out. That's right. So like if you're, if you're allowing your kid, because sometimes it's the easiest thing. Here's an iPad. Just get out of here. Right. Um, and, and we're then, guilty of that. Yeah. Not as much. Well, I mean. But uh, yeah. Because we learned our lesson. <laughs> we did. But, uh, but, um, but when you do that. You're you're not being the gate. You're not being the protector. Because we might say, well, they're not being harmed by people per se, as in like predatorial people or or anything like that. But they have access to to media. They have uh, social media is terrible. 
And you want to know how bad it is? Just go back and, and, and you can go to YouTube and type into tight, uh, to catch a predator. And see, <laughs> right. how they, see how these predatorial right. people, but we live in a predatorial culture. That's right. Because, because you, you, you have to understand, like, they're like, oh, because just a couple of years ago there was rape culture. And I remember reading an article, and they're like, my, and some lady, some woke woman said, my 13-year-old boys have the potential to be rapists because they're men. And I was like, no, woman, you live in a culture that has songs like WAP that yeah. allows that. That's the number one song among kids. Right. Right. You, you have songs like Pitbull in 2013 or whatever. That was the number one song for weddings that says, I got options, using women like objects. Right. That's the culture we live in, right. and we just think that that's okay. Right, it's not just creepy guy. It's not just a creepy guy behind a screen looking a, looking to a, meet up with their kid. It's a spirit in the culture. It, it, you're right, it, and it comes in from every direction. The the library. I mean, the well, the, the library. Like, yeah. and we've stated on the show, we don't bring, we don't go, we do not support our local library. Not we don't. The lady, one of the ladies there is like a witch or something. Yeah, we we she's, just, she's definitely demonic. We we just legitimately <laughs> we just don't do it. We stay away from that because we said this is not a safe place for our we'll children. We're going to cast it out. Yeah. Well, actually, every time we drive by, it, we, we we pray over it. Um, but but so in the Book of Revelation, mm -hmm. just speaking to what you're saying, like there, it's 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 a spirit. The spirit of Babylon is still in the world according to Revelation. The enemy is not created. And what did they? What did they do? They had they had fertility gods. Yeah. Sex was rampant. They had temple prostitutes. Child I mean, sacrifice. And, and we're just like we we have all these different ideas of what it is. But you look at our culture and it mimics those things. It's the same thing. Remember the Super Bowl? Yeah. When Jennifer Lopez and uh, the other girl started doing their their oh, pole yeah. dancing and people are like, oh, it's 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 women expressing empowerment. Empowerment. And I was like, no, yeah. you idiots! If you're going to complain about a culture that subjects women. Uh, then don't go around running around in underwear dancing on a pole in front of a, thousands of men watching a football. Yeah. That's logic. Right. And it's illogical to do, to, but when we allow our, that culture into our kid's life, right. then we're not being a shepherd who's guarding the gate because thieves try to jump over. That's right. It's our job to beat them with the stick and say, get out. Right. You don't get a foothold in our kid's life. And when you look at, like, you know, when we look at post-World War II, when Israel became a nation, and the and the rapidness, how rapid it has been, the destruction of marriage. Thirty years later, you have the generation of love. Remember the, the destruction of of family. Sorry. Right it, since that time, there has you know there's been a there's been a pull. You know we need to get we need to get children out of the home. They need to be in school as long as possible. We need to get mothers out of the home. They need to be working because then they'll be empowered. And that's if you work, that's not. That's not a that's slight. Not a slight against that's you. not a slight on you. This is just a factual history. Because we live in a culture that demands it. That yeah, right, right. And and if you uh, if you stay at home, you're oppressed because that's not women's rights. You're equal to a man. Exactly. And then uh, and then um, and we're going to take fathers completely out of the picture, especially when you're looking at uh, in in metropolitan and in yep. urban areas. Poor, the destruction of, of men are bad. Fathers are bad. Keep them away. You can do it on your own. So, you don't need them. Yep. And, and so, with what you just said, because we were talking about statistics and worldviews, uh, I looked up. I looked it up, and it's like it's seventy percent higher that a kid will not graduate from school without yeah. a parent. He, it's it's actually seventy percent higher that they're going to be a rapist. Yeah. That they're gonna that they're gonna do drugs. Right. That they're gonna be a murderer. Right. All those statistics jump when the when the institution that God ordained from the beginning isn't upheld. Right. Where husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church. And they raise their kids in the way of godliness. Right. And then you look at substance abuse. You look at the amount of, I mean, I like I, even like watching like wholesome, 
like Hallmark-esque movies, right? It doesn't matter the brand. You know, the, the, the culture, the alcohol culture is rampant. Right? May the, I bring up the, the notebook? The substance. No, you cannot. The substance is it, the substance abuse is in every aspect of our culture. You oh five o'clock, mom, you better go grab your your glass of wine because you can't handle your children without it, right? And 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 the drug epidemic and everything, right? And you look at since since the nineteen fifties, since Israel became a nation, how rapid and fast it's going towards. It is going. We are 13. we are just like bulldozing to, to to that, right? And so. But that's that's the heart of this podcast is that we look and we say, you know what? Yeah, there's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of badness in this country and in this world. There's a lot of spirits at play. But you know what? God is not done with Amen. his church. He's not done with his church. That we're not just going to just hide in a bunker and be like, well, just let the end times come. You know, all we can do. No, we're going to raise a generation who's going to combat that and say, actually, we're going to stand for our generation. This is not truth. And they're going to bring healing to their generation. And that was actually the message that we did to the youth. That's right. Exactly. When God, when God is, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro across yes, the earth, right. looking for, That's for right. someone whose heart is completely, completely. devoted to him. That's right. But why? So that he can show himself strong That's on right. their behalf. That's right. And, 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 you know, just as people who work every day in this generation, that is our job, that is legitimately what we do from the babies to the teenagers. Um, th this, this generation is unique. For there's the past a, 15 there, years. There's a unique, even marked from 10 years ago, or yeah. five years ago, this up-and-coming generation is unique. They are hungry. They are teachable, which is, which is a, 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 a unique thing. They're looking for authenticity. These are kids who've had an iPad shoved in their face from the day that they were born. right? They're looking for an authentic yeah. relationship, and they are hungry. And when they catch it, they catch it. And, and the, the cool thing about it, too, so like what you're saying is like with that, there's like the enemy pushes against things so That's right. hard. That's right. But but when he pushes so hard, there's a rebellion against what he's doing. That's right. So like just as there's been this, like this very that extreme remnant, yeah. liberal push, even in gender stuff and, right. and church and all this stuff, there's a there's a pushback against it. That's right. There's a pushback against it to say no, we want the truth. Yes. There's there's a pushback in a younger generation that wants to know the Lord. Right. And they need people who are gonna who are gonna instill that in them, and it starts in families. Yes. So so uh, even this past week, right, with the, with the students that we had. Uh, I made it this comment that this is the most biblically illiterate oh, yeah. generation. Right. And the people of God, the Bible says, my and, people And perish. our students went, what's illiterate? Yeah, they don't, they're illiterate in general. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, but, uh, but, what love that, you guys. but the Bible says this, my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's right. If you don't know the promises of God, if you don't know who God is, if you don't know what God says in his word, if you don't know who you are in Christ, then how are you going to stand and not be perish, not perish away when the enemy comes to oppress you? Because it says that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion. We know that, but the Bible says this, resist him and he will flee. He goes around seeking who he may devour, but guess what? We know he's going around. He can't devour us because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And we stand on those promises. Those are the things that we need to pass on to our children. They can't be biblically That's right. illiterate. That's right. They have to know the word of God. And, and you know, just, just another thing, as somebody who, you know, we have been extremely involved in, in children's ministry. I feel like we're preaching. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> is, um, is you cannot expect your church to be the ones who are teaching uh, literacy. A biblical literacy to your children. And one thing I want to point out is actually uh, in, in many 
in many Sunday schools and many kids' church, there's a watered-down Christianity it's being virtue. presented. It's it's right, and I think of the top curriculums that are out there that you know because because God forbid you know like. Um, the children's pastor hears from God and shares a message with with the kids, yeah. um, but 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 the the top curriculums there are issues. It's a virtue based Christianity yeah. that they're teaching the kids. There's not an authenticity. There's not an authenticity in Scripture. And then you have writers for that curriculum who aren't even believers. And that's a legitimate thing. You can look it up. There is a top. There is a top curriculum who's faced much backlash because of their stance on that. So sometimes churches unknowingly know they get this. They buy it. it's presented beautiful. It has beautiful colors and and music and whatever. And and they're just being spoon fed junk. Yeah. Yeah. So don't leave it to your churches. Not that your church is bad, right? Not that your church but, is, is, is willfully going out. But but the responsibility lays on you as the parent. And as the shepherd. And right? as the You're shepherd. You're the one who keeps the you bad the things one. out. And, and, by the way, ask questions. Ask what curriculum your kids are being used and being taught. Ask what they're being taught. See, Sit down there. See what they're being taught because it's important. And it's not a lesser, it's and, not a lesser ministry. And, and the other thing is, too, is like if people are like, well, they're just being nosy and they're just trying to be troubled. They're like, no, you're called by God yeah. to protect your kids that's right so you have more authority over their life and more and you're called to more um accountability right too right because at some point you're going to stand before god and you're going to present your kids to him and your wife or your husband to him and and that's going to be well i i think about it when i first started uh teaching in in our kids program and i love pastor crystal i want to give her honor and she came to me and she said you can teach whatever the lord tells you to teach and i sat there and i was like this lady is nuts she is just nuts. Like I need a curriculum. I, I'm not equipped. I need like whatever. And um, let me tell you that that was the most freeing thing and the most the one of the biggest investments into my life of being able to hear from God and then go and be able to to, to, to speak it over the children. Well, because, it, it's profound because because it, it's a pastoral position. Yes, right? it's that's a shepherding right. of that's sheep. Right. And it's not a facilitating over some that, some uh, curriculum that you got from some dude that doesn't even know who where you live, who you are, what the needs are of the body, yes. what the family life is like. Right. They don't know that. But right. when you're when you're a pastor over those things, even of children, yes. then you know the needs, right. and you you hear the spirit for them. That's right. You hear the spirit so that you can talk. So like when a pastor gets up to speak, at least at our church, hopefully your church too, he doesn't just give some generic message. Right. Right. He's hearing from the Lord right. for the time to feed the sheep. The sheep yeah. have a certain need, and God is revealing things to him. And oftentimes what I found, even as, as the worship pastor, it, when I put that hat on, is that I'll pray and I'll play music, and I'll get up and I'll, intro, and I'll welcome the body. And yeah. what I say in those moments, our pastor is normally not in there at that time. He comes late. Uh, is actually right on with the word, even though I don't, the word that he's going to speak, even though I never talk to him about That's the right. message. That's right. Because it's like... It's just the way the spirit, when the spirit starts working, you get into the wave of the spirit, you get in tune with the spirit, you start hearing the things. And so that's what's funny too about this podcast. As we set our heart to do this podcast, all of a sudden all these preachers that we listen to start doing family and marriage (laughs) uh, teachings. And we're like, what? But you're in tune with the spirit. It's the same spirit that's in them. And that's a consistent thing in our life is we have these conversations, we we do this podcast, whatever, and then we go and we play a sermon and we're like... You had that last night, uh, Wednesday. Yeah. You had that Wednesday. You preached a sermon. You go on Facebook. You see a guy you graduated from preaching almost the exact same, same sermon. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, Never that, that, that's God's spirit. That's his, that's, you know. Yeah. I guess it's confirmation of, of, of hearing correctly. And, yeah. we, and we we have that 
all the time. I mean, even and and the the cool thing about it too for us, it's not like well they're stealing our ministry. It's like no, no we're like encouraged because God's speaking to them the same yes, thing He's speaking right. to us for that's our right. for our for our, uh, for our community for our, our right. for you guys who are listening. Like God's speaking to us, and it's confirmed through what we hear through the people that we sit under that we listen to. That's right. And and it, it's not you're not stealing from them. It's God speaking His word. Right. each and every one of well, you individual. And like like I, like I had a situation uh, this last week that, uh, you know, something God has been speaking to me about, and it's, it's been a difficult situation. I've been praying over it, right? And there, there was like two days last week with every single thing was like confirmation. I mean, everything. You opened a book, confirmation. You know, I scroll on Facebook, confirmation. I play a YouTube video, confirmation. I'm playing a song. I'm led to click on another sermon. After that song, I click on it. It's the same song I was listening to in the worship time. And then the word that was preached was exactly confirmation. I mean, it was just, I, I, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't escape it, actually, because God was saying, this is what you're doing. This is what you need to do. This is, and there was no room in my life to be like, well, I don't know, did God really say? Because literally it was in, shoved in my face consistently and and so so even like doing this podcast and speaking about this i get excited yeah because we're a little revved up well yeah because you get into preaching mode at wednesday when i was preaching to the students and we prayed over them and and so what the message was on jonathan yeah how there's there's saul's and there's jonathan's when things happen in the land yeah saul's is just sitting there allowing the oppression allowing the sadness allowing the darkness to come and the and he's, he's allowing them to take well, the, the blacksmiths. It specifically says there's no blacksmiths in the land right. because the the thing that was the, that was the weapon to make the weapon uh, builders they were they were quenched. Right. God's word when it's quenched in our lives, we have nothing to battle the lies of the enemy right. with. That's right. But that wasn't the point. The point was that God that Jonathan said, if there's a God in heaven and He's the God who who is who He says He is, then when I go up against these Philistines, I'm going to deliver my people. I'm going to I'm going to break the rod of the oppressor. Right. Because God has made promises to us, and I know his word, and I know who God yeah, is. That's right. Saul sits there and just lets it happen in his life. And those are the two mm. type of Christians that we have in this world. They just accept it. This is my lot in life. I'm always right. going to be like I'm this. This is the way my just... marriage is always going to be. Right. This is the way that it's always going to be. But I get excited because then someone's going to hear this, and they're going to be like, Jonathan. Yeah, and they're going to be like, Amen. if God said it, then I believe it. And I'm going to break the rod of the oppressor over my marriage, over my family, over my ministry, even over my church. That's right. And that's Amen. what I get excited about. And that's why when I was preaching to the students, I started getting really excited because I was, and then that's when I said, we got to pray for these kids because yes. there's Jonathan's in the room right yeah, now that's right. who are going to, who are going to go against the enemy and they're going to crush the works of the enemy because right. the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon him. And right. he wants to do that in your life. He wants to do it in your marriage. He wants to do it in your family. So that's why I get excited when we do these podcasts. Yeah. Because it's not the really, many people have this doom and gloom look. But when the people of God stand on the word of God, they quench fires. They shut the mouths of lions. They kill giants. That's right. They kill nations, uh, uh, right. oppressing nations. The lame they walk, the blind the see. Blind see. Yeah, it, it's an amazing thing. Right. And then when you get to the book of Revelation, even when there's the Antichrist, guess what? There's 125,000 Jews, 24,000 right. Jews, who are running around who are untouchable That's because right. they're with the Lamb. That's right. They're untouchable. It doesn't matter what the Antichrist wants to do to them. They're sealed by God. That's right. And he can't touch him. And you, get this, we're sealed by God. Amen. The Holy Spirit. We've been sealed with the, with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 1. So we are sealed. We're untouchable to the works of the enemy unless we don't allow the word of God mm. in our life. Mm. That's it. The, the, you got to have the sword. So you how do we train up a child? That, that, that's the question, right? Yeah. How do you, 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 you shepherd them. You spend the time with them. You model the shepherd 
You can't give what you didn't you catch. You do as Deuteronomy says. You tell them God's word. You tell them what God has done. You, you write it down. You write down the history. You read God's word. You, you submerge your family in God's word. That's a weird word. And you, Sorry. And you, and you speak it over them. Yes, you speak it over them. You anoint your children. You lay hands on your children. You pray over them. You model it, and you catch it. You've got to catch it first. And that, that's like a thing. I mean, that's I, if this season has like a, a thing with it, it's that you have to catch it. You have to be an overflow. You have to catch it. Your spouse has to catch it, and then it has to overflow into your children. And that, that's what it is. I was just thinking, like, when the other night when we were sitting here, you were on that, was it Wednesday night, maybe? The same night, maybe. The boys came up, and they were all sweaty. Oh, my gosh. Because they were supposed to go to bed. They were stinky. And then they decided that instead of going to bed, they were going to have a wrestling match. And they came up, and they're like, can we pray? And they're, like, drenched. (laughs) They were, like, disgusting. It was gross. And so they come over, and they all just kind of pig pile on me. Oh, I was like, oh. Like, one's in, like, a sweatsuit. Well, they had no shirts. No. Zion, had no, shirt. no, Zion was oh, in his, his bluey sweatsuit, oh. his favorite thing in the world. But uh, but so I just prayed over them, and and I, and what I did was I commanded the blessing over their life. Yes, that's right. I just I they're just praying over them. I was praying, God, I'm not just going to pray that you just help them have good night's sleep, but I'm praying that you increase their territory, that even right now, Lord God, that you would just move mm, move in their amen. life to a mighty way so that just like Samuel heard the voice at a young age that they would hear your voice mm. and they would not depart from you. I started praying that over them and they're just hugging me and I'm and say God, I bless them in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and I, because when you go to a, the pastors bless the people all the time. Yeah, they they call it right. a benediction. Now right. may the Lord bless you and keep right. you. May his faith the Irish do it all the time too. Yeah. <laughs> the Celtics. Yeah. But uh but we can do that as parents over our kids. Uh, I would expect some sort of comment from my father from that. But just, yeah. The Celts? Anyway. Uh, They'll probably send a picture of him in a you know, kilt. The, the, the other thing I... like, this is what a man looks the like. The other thing but, I want to point oh, out, no, since it's... you brought it up earlier, is like sometimes we also think that we're going to have these Danny Tanner um, moments with our children. With the and, emotional music and, in the background. And we do. You know, and, and, and you're perfectly calm and like it's the right time to just have this discussion. And, you know, you don't have to be anywhere. You don't have like pasta boiling on the stove or anything um but like i like i have like one child in particular who loves to come and have hearts to heart like a heart to heart with me she likes to come and just and i and i love that i cherish those times but she picks the worst time every single time what, like 11 at night every single it's always like i'm stressed i'm trying to do something i don't have to, or like i just woke up or like whatever and like or i've been like hey you guys can you like step out of my room because i'm gonna get dressed because i've got to go like wherever and she's like can i talk to you and i'm always like oh my gosh not right now, right? But every single time that happens, I, I, I try to be like, nope, she, she's come to me. I got to be present. I got to be emotionally present. And God honors and blesses those times. And so where I'm going with that is that like, you know, um, we're, we're still human. So we get tired and we get busy or whatever. But don't miss those opportunities. Don't, don't, don't miss those opportunities. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is that I remember when we were at um, a service a little while ago and um, it, was in, it, was, it, was, it was a good service, you know. And um, Micah came up after us after, and he was, I mean, he was bouncing. He was so excited. He was six years old, and he was like, Mom, 
mom, God, I heard God. I heard God speak to me. And we're like, oh yeah, you know. And and we're there like trying to talk with adults, people that we've seen, people are there, right? And he's like, mom, mom, God, God spoke to me. And I, I had to pause, you know, I had to look at the adult that I was talking to. And actually, I, you know, it's, it's Pastor Sam and praise God for Pastor Sam because, you know, Pastor Sam recognizes that like my child is speaking and, that, and that's important. And, and he didn't, there was no offense there. If anything, he, he welcomed that, you know. Mm. And um, so, you know, I looked down and he goes, he goes, I heard from God. I heard from God so clear. And he said, I'm going to be a pastor. Like, this is what God has called of my life. And even now, when you when you talk to him, you talk about, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? He goes, well, I already know. Like, God has already told me this is, like, what's going to happen. But in that moment, you know, I could have cho- chose to have the, the conversation with the adult and the and the everything. And um, <clears throat> But I didn't. I gave value to my child and, and the calling of his life. And I could have I could have squelched that. Yeah. And praise God I didn't. <laughs> you had enough wits about yes. you. <clears throat> and so we probably have to end. We do. Uh, she has to go somewhere. I have a meeting. But uh, you might want to tell them that you're going to be a meeting. I did. Okay. That's just I wondering. Did. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we love you guys. Yeah. Um, God loves you. That's even more important than our Amen. love. Amen. That's and, right. Uh, and God has, God has gifts, and he, and he gave each gift to the body to build it up. That's right. And God's given you gifts to build your family. Yes. God's called you for the purpose of what you're doing, and you can rely on his grace because it's sufficient in any season of your right. life. And, and so I would encourage you, if you're, if you're not in the Word of God, for yourself, get in the word of That's God. Right. Amen. Pray. The same spirit that that carried the, the 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 prophets along that wrote this word is the same spirit that lives in you. That's right. And uh, and it's the same spirit that breathed this word. This isn't right. the words of men. This is God's word that He divinely inspired. Right. And uh, and you can hear the spirit, and the spirit can guide you and direct mm. you through Scripture. Right. And then get this: the spirit can guide you and direct you in your calling as a parent. That's right. And as a husband and right. as a wife. And there's a student who listens to every podcast. And so he's he's soaking up all this wisdom. Amen. And he's going to be a great a great man of God. That's right. But he's going to be, a, but it's all going to be uh, stemmed from his great marriage and Amen. his great fathering. That's right. Of his kids. Amen. And so, uh, and so God has a, God has good things for you. God has, God, God loves your kids. Amen. I can't, I can't, God fit, formed them together. He knitted them together. I just, I read this the other day when God wanted to populate the sea, he spoke to the sea. When God wanted to populate the earth uh, with trees and creeping creatures, he spoke to the earth. But when God wanted to make man, he spoke to himself. Right. And said, let us make man. That's right. And so they're created in the image of God and God loves them and has wonderful plans for his life. And he's called you. To, to set them on that course. Right. Train them. That's right. But don't just train them. Don't just say, these are the, these are the fundamentals. Remember, memorize these. Walk with them. Right. Start them on the journey right. with you. And, and, and if you don't know where to start when it comes to family devotionals and reading God's word together, uh, you can go. We have a previous episode where we kind of lay out how we do it. The, the, Ten tips. The, the tips on how to do it. There is no secret formula, right? It's going to be weird when you start, uh, but it is highly worth it and, 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 and being in the word. And, um, and don't let the enemy discourage you by saying, well, look how bad it was. Yeah, look at your kid drew on the wall. <laughs> You persevere, and you and you continue because you want to know something. I, I told Pastor Sam this the other day. I said, even if I'm, I'm at my worst preaching, right. as long as I'm proclaiming the Word of God, the Word of God is always That's effective. Right. Amen. That's so right. even if I don't feel the Spirit, I just have to open the Word and just start reading right. the Word to the people, and they're gonna get. Then the Spirit of God's gonna move, That's right. and they're gonna feel the presence of God, and God's Word will never return yeah. void. That's right. Um, so yeah. we love you. 
Yeah. Uh, God loves you. Um, like, subscribe, share. Um, if you want to sow a seed, feel free to sow a seed. Check out the merchandise if that's something you want to do. Um, and just continue to walk in the calling that God has upon you. That's right. Anything yeah. else? That's it. So, so that you can go to your meeting. Dr. Richie always does this, and I do it because yeah. I love Dr. Richie. Wrap up episode 21. Can I do it now? Yeah, go for it. <laughs>